Welcome to Campus Firewatch Radio. My name is Ed Kamau. Uh, glad you could join us here today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what happened with Campus Fire Safety Month with one of the communities that did a lot. But uh, first, I'd like to just kind of get into what's going to be in the fall issue of Campus Firewatch. As I'm recording, this is going to be probably be on the street here in about a day or two. So um, we did cover Campus Fire Safety Month in uh, Campus Firewatch, talked about what some of the communities were doing. So you can find out a little bit more on that. Uh, now something new that we're launching too on Campus Firewatch is themes. Because we know that Campus Fire Safety doesn't end with Campus Fire Safety Month. It keeps on going on year round. So each month we're going to have a different theme that we're going to be focusing on and I'm going to be putting uh, material on the website that you can use as part of your education program. Uh, November, for example, is going to be cooking. Kind of ties into the holidays coming up. So be sure to check out the uh, website and you can learn a little bit more on Campus Firewatch about that. Also an article on FAQs. I do get people asking me uh, about smoke alarms. So I did an FAQ on smoke alarms. And that's something I'm going to be doing each month now is a different FAQ column on different topics related to fire safety. So uh, this issue is going to be about smoke alarms. Uh, we do have a couple of articles, one by today's guest, Tony Burke, talking about what they did up there in Sioux Falls uh, for Campus Fire Safety Month, and another one by Paul Otenti of at Paul Smith's College. Um, you might remember Paul was on uh, Campus Fire Watch Radio a few uh, episodes ago. So his daughter wrote an article about what they did up there this fall at uh, Paul Smith's College. So, uh, and a lot more in Campus Firewatch this uh, issue, this fall issue. If you're not a subscriber, stop on by, click on the Campus Firewatch store, and uh, we'd love it if you became a subscriber and just get it every month. So, uh, with that, why don't we get into today's episode. So, joining us today on Campus Firewatch Radio is Tony Burke. He's with the American Red Cross serving East Eastern South Dakota chapter. Thanks for joining us, Tony. You bet. Appreciate the opportunity. Yep. Uh, Tony and I go a long ways back. I don't know how many years now. It's been a while. And, um, you know, you've done some really great work out there in the Dakotas. And most recently with some of the, with the project you just did using college students on uh, smoke alarm installs. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, we've, we've been kind of embarking on building resilient communities now um, since 2013 after there was nine fatalities in 20 months in the city of Sioux Falls. And the city of Sioux Falls, population of about 170,000, is a very progressive community growing quite substantially. Actually, every year about four to 5,000 people move into the city of Sioux Falls, and it's been uh, a very growing very fast and, and very creative and innovative community. And after those nine fatalities, I started having a conversation with the city of Sioux Falls Fire Rescue and said, how do we, how do we change our culture? You know, our normal procedures of handing out smoke alarms or just distributing paperwork is not really cutting it. Um, so then we started with, uh, let's go door to door. Um, let's, let's do this thing, uh, with convening conversations and bringing people together. Um, it wasn't that we could do it by ourselves with the Red Cross, or it wasn't, as the city of Sioux Falls Fire Marshal Dean Lanier would say, he couldn't do it by himself, and the fire department couldn't do it by himself, but if we could all come together uh, behind a common goal, uh, then we could certainly do something big. And we decided the first year to canvas about 1,500 homes in the Whittier neighborhood, which was the high-risk neighborhood, and based on his data, uh, we knew that it was a direct result, all those fatalities were a direct result of not having working smoke alarms in the home. 
So from there, we just got a lot of momentum, and then the uh, program actually rolled out across the nation on October 11, 2014. Um, and we've done four of those now in the city of Sioux Falls, four of the canvases in various high-risk communities. One community, we've done it in twice. Uh, but we've also been doing it around eastern South Dakota and across South Dakota's region. Um, and we thought the next step was, what about the campuses? What about the off-campus housing? Uh, we know we've got uh, University of South Dakota, we've got South Dakota State University, University of Sioux Falls, and Augustana University. And we did a little bit of a pilot program with University of South Dakota last year, just a small little uh, pilot, probably about 40 or 50 homes. And it was what we expected. There really is a lot of risks in those properties, um, mostly because... Uh, the students don't think about it. They they think they're renting and they're thinking it's all taken care of and they're focusing on their studies, they're focusing on their relationships and they're not focusing on being safe. Um, and we discovered that, you know, frankly, most of those homes were unprotected or, un, or underprotected. So our next logical step was in the city of Sioux Falls to partner up with Augustana University, which has about 1,500 students, and then the University of Sioux Falls, which has about 1,400 students. And it's a very diverse community as well. Um, you know, our school districts here, they have over 80 languages spoken now. So we were like, this could be a, a great opportunity uh, if we can get both universities behind it. So we had several meetings with the presidents uh, and then with the people that they delegated down to. Uh, and everybody was excited. There wasn't any closed doors at all. So what can we do? How can we do more? What does this look like? And um, we, we've just really found that as we started having conversations, there was several students that had been affected, whether they were from South Dakota or not, had been affected by home fire and never really thought about checking their rental properties or checking the property that they bought when they're here, uh, whether or not it's safe. Um, so the both universities have a culture of service, and that's actually the motto for the University of Sioux Falls. And they said, "We're in. We're all in." And it was just uh, it was just amazing to have all that energy coming on the day uh, leading up to the day. We had a press conference. Uh, representatives from both universities spoke about the importance of safety, and it wasn't just about um, smoke alarms, but it was also about building resiliency. So that also ties into individual resiliency. And we started doing blood pressures with a lot of our canvases as well. We started teaching about uh, your individual disaster preparedness kit. Um, so really, it, there's a lot that goes into this, but the energy out of both of those universities was just tremendous for the day of the event. Well, that's great. How, uh, how many students do you get involved in it? Well, this was our largest group that we've had in all the canvases, and we had 70 students that were there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed that morning. And you could just tell they were ready to go. Um, and they wanted to lead, too. They didn't want to just do. They wanted to lead. So we had lots of people after they got their training um, that went out into the community and led a team of volunteers. Um, it doesn't take much. It's about, you know, we, we teach them for about a half an hour, 45 minutes, where they should be installing smoke alarms, what are the talking points, what are the data that we have to collect from each of the homes, what do the signatures look like. Um, and a lot of the fire department was heavily involved, too, of course. And a lot of the firefighters were there with the teams. But they were just, uh, it brought a new energy level. And what their pride was all about, their pride was it was not only about their, their classmates, but it was also about doing good in their neighborhood, in the, in the community that, is, that they're living in. Because not all of its tenants, it's, you know, about 50% of its rentals and 50% of its owned. So they were also being very good neighbors. And I think, <clears throat> you know, culturally, I think as a group, of people, we often think about university students as, oh, they're out there partying, they're trying to get educated, but they're out there partying, and they're, it's a rough neighborhood. But these students really wanted to give back to their neighbors as well and show that they're good, good, good neighbors and good people in the community. So it was really, really very powerful to watch it. 
that's also an opportunity for them to learn about fire safety by doing fire safety, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And a lot of them, just by getting the awareness, um, went back and took care of their own homes. And actually, we had we had some of the parents that learned from the students that, hey, you know, they don't live in the neighborhood, but, um, you know, they knew that they needed to check their smoke alarms. They needed to create their escape plan. Uh, just the simple fact that we all know that it takes less than two minutes for a fire to get going now. Most people figure they got five to ten minutes to get out of a home and have never practiced an escape plan. So doing those types of things, embedding it into their thought process has really got a ripple effect, not only for the neighborhoods they're in, but also for their families and their loved ones that are part of their bigger bigger community. Now, one of the issues on these programs that uh, I've done several of these myself, too, with the Mingo Foundation how do you go about getting the students involved in the first place? You know, how, how'd you go about recruiting them? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, it's, um, it really was telling the story. Um, when we go in and we met with uh, Augustana University, as a, for example, and they brought in all their key players, student union president, the vice president, the communications person for the students, um, some of their, their uh, frat, frat groups and their sorority groups, um, some of the the, ver- the international group, uh, we just talked to them all at once. And when you when you tell a story of the fact that 62% of fire fatalities is a direct result of not having working smoke alarms, when you tell them a story that, you know, we're the worst industrial nation in the world for fire fatalities, or you tell the story that, you know, in the last year, it's the first time in over a decade that we had a 15.7% fire fatality increase in our nation. And they're not dying in institutions, they're dying in single family homes it's pretty easy to engage them. Um, so I think the key is, is just telling the facts of the story. Uh, and the story is compelling and we have to make a change and we're relying on so many other things to happen when the reality is it's in our own homes and we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not being responsible or accountable to ourselves. And in turn, we're not being responsible and accountable to our community. So when you tell that story, uh, and frankly, I might have a bit of an edge being a retired firefighter. Um, they listen and they resonate to it, and it's such an easy thing. One of the things that we consistently get as we're engaging all of the volunteers, not just the students, but all the volunteers, and the fact that we're in and out of the home in less than 15 minutes to do this. Everybody thinks it's a big, long, drawn-out ordeal that's going to take an hour, an hour and a half. It doesn't. And, and that's what we consistently get with the results in the surveys is that we had no idea it was going to be less than 15 minutes to take care of our own safety for the next 10 years. So it, it, it's really about telling the story. And when you hear some of the leadership have their own experiences, as if, for example, um, one of the, the University of Sioux Falls um, president, um, he, Corey Ross, he told us about how he had lost the dear friend in a dormitory fire uh, almost 20 years ago in Illinois. Um, and he told that story at the press conference and he got choked up. Um, when you have those champions wanting to make change, uh, it's pretty easy to engage all the students because it's very simple and they want to get out and get their hands dirty. And this is a good way to do it and a good way to meet their neighbors. So in some senses, it was easy. It's just really telling the story of the compelling story that we have to tell and how we can actually make a difference in one day. Uh, you mentioned the training. Uh... What did you do for training, and how did you do it? So <clears throat> we have the City of Sioux Falls Fire Marshal. Uh, he led the training. Uh, we have what we call educators, installers, recorders, and then also our blood pressure check folks. 
Um, our blood pressure check folks are trained by Livewell Sioux Falls, which is an arm of the American Heart Association. It's a great partnership we have here in Sioux Falls. And we specifically look for people that can that are uh, eligible to take blood pressure. So paramedics or pharmacy students or nursing students. And then they're basically explained, well, show us that you can do a blood pressure. Then this is the document that you use to record all those blood pressures. We know we want to discover if they're high or at risk. And if they have higher at-risk blood pressures, these are, these are the resources that are available in your community. Go get checked out. And please go get checked out because we don't want you having blood pressure issues that could eventually kill you down the road. As far as the installers and the educators are concerned, the fire department educates every one of the people that are going to be the installers. A lot of those installers traditionally for us are firefighters, but we do have other people that are not firefighters that are willing to install as well. So they're educated about 15, 20 minutes on where to install, what you're looking for, checking the, the age of the smoke alarms that are in the homes. Battery-operated ones primarily we're just pulling right out and we're replacing them with 10-year sealed-in lithium smoke alarms. Um, showing them how to use a drill, quite frankly. It's two screws and getting it in and what to look for. Um, and then the recorders, we go through all the documentation of what key information we're looking for for data sets. And then the instructor, the educator, uh, it's all about do you have an escape plan? If you don't have an escape plan, let's help you create an escape plan. Um, do you know you need to have 72-hour individual disaster preparedness kit? And that takes these list of things is what you should have in it, 72 hours of water. You should have enough food for 72 hours. You have all your copies of your important documentation. So we kind of walk through all that. So each one of those roles, the educator, the installer, the recorder, and the blood checker, check person, blood assessment check person, they all go through individual training. And it usually is less than 20 minutes or so, maybe half hour, depending on if there's lots of questions. But then all the, they all go out with their binders and they all have their jobs to do and they just go out and do it and they do a fantastic job. So how many people are on each team then that when, when they knock on a door, how many people are there? Sure. So usually we have three people. Um, and if we do in the blood pressures, because some of the communities, we don't have that opportunity to do blood pressures. If we do have blood pressures, it's usually a team of four. Uh, so we have one personal lead and they'll knock on the door and they'll just make an introduction of, hi, we're, we're here today to with the American Red Cross, City of Sioux Falls Fire Rescue, um, Augustana University and the University of Sioux Falls. And we would like to, to come in and just check your smoke alarms if you don't mind. Um, but one of the successes uh, Ed, is that the pre-promotion is so vitally important. Uh, we have to get out there ahead of the canvas. Um, so before the canvas even happens, we have the fire department do mailers. We do pre-canvassing by putting door hangers on the doors. We get on, you know, radio stations with the universities. We get on their, you know, they have viral um, tools as well as our social media is concerned. They have internal newsletters. Uh, we get television, radio involved, and print. So we do a lot of pre-promotion. So before we even get up to that door, people should know we're coming because we tell them what areas we're targeting. Um, so from there, it makes it real easy. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm home. Or, or we have people calling now after, four, after two years uh, saying, hey, I'm not going to be home. Can I schedule an appointment? And we'll follow up with an appointment too. So once the team gets up to that door, for the most part, people know we're coming. Uh, and they'll open the door up, and then they really say, well, what do you need to do? And then we kind of go into their home. We ask them a lot of questions and go from there. So it really is honestly not rocket science. It's just about getting dirty, getting engaged, and understanding that we are making a difference. And I think you made a good point, too, that a lot of people think that this is a monumental undertaking. And there certainly is logistical work that goes to it. But it's really not that hard, is it? 
No, no, it's not. You're right. It's the logistical work all on the front end. I mean, we we do use the incident command structure to to allow that to happen. And if anybody knows the incident command structure, you know, you, you just have to have certain skill sets for each one of those positions. And we it doesn't have to be Red Cross folks. It could be volunteers. It could be the, the logistics chief, or it could be, <clears throat> you know, usually we have the fire chief is the incident commander, but it could be a Red Cross person. It could be the incident commander. And and really, the day of activities. Everything is all done for them. So here you go. It's an easy training. Walk in and take care of it and you make a difference. You're right. Most of the work is done. We even do an incident action plan. So we have a 24-hour operational period. And what does it look like? So, yeah, there's a lot of work on the front end. But after one of these canvases, it gets a lot easier because you know the community. You know the key steering committee members. Um, you you know what the, the learns are from the previous canvas and how you can be more efficient. So every time we do one of these now, it gets a lot easier. And you're going to be doing it again with the students? We are we're having actually an after-action review tomorrow, um, and we're talking about doing a second one in that neighborhood. Yeah, we are. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, it sounds like you had a great experience out there, and it's something that, you know, like I would mentioned, we've been doing a number of these with the Mingo Foundation, trying to kickstart them in communities, and you guys, it sounds like you did an excellent job out there getting it going. Well, we're very proud. Uh, these students, um, you know, sometimes get a raw deal. I mean, they're students. We were all students once. We got the same deal. And, and the reality is when you really engage them in a way that they know they're making a difference that day, um, they just have a blast. And they do get a lot done. I mean, we did all those 1,500 homes in less than five hours uh, with about total workforce. We had 70 volunteers, total workforce of 90 people. I mean, they were they were busting it. And it was a great day. And I think one of the bigger successes overall is the fact that they were asking about when do we do this again. Um, so we always already got a captive audience to do it again. And, you know, we didn't get every single door open. As you know, we, we just never do. Um, but now we have the opportunity to go back into that community. We already have people trained. I think that our workforce potentially could double the next time um, just by word of mouth because, you know, we got 70 students that loved it and had a great opportunity. They're going to go tell their peers, and there was a buzz about it for a few weeks, and there probably still is a buzz. So the next time we go, um, it'll be even better. And, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not just about their peers. It's about being good neighbors. And, and that, in turn, will build, you know, those resilient communities. Well, we've been talking with Tony Burke from the American Red Cross serving Eastern South Dakota chapter uh, about their program they did out there using students doing home safety visits. And really appreciate you joining us today, Tony. Uh, again, I'd appreciate you getting the message out there. And certainly uh, we're willing to work with any of the educational institutions because they're a great bunch of people that want to do a lot of work for their communities. And uh, it's just about engaging folks for sure and having that conversation. As I mentioned in the beginning, we have a lot more information on Campus Fire Safety monthly themes on the Campus Firewatch website, so be sure to stop on by www.campus-firewatch.com. And if you're a subscriber, if you're not a subscriber, I hope you become one. So be sure to click on the uh, Campus Firewatch store, and you can become a subscriber to Campus Firewatch and get it every quarterly. So my name is Ed Camel, and thanks for joining us on this episode of Campus Firewatch Radio. <music> <laughs>